Hello, my name's James Pikeway. This is Potaholics and the We Will Fix It show with Colin Thomas from We Will Fix It Dubai and Essential Maintenance Dubai. What's this show about? DIY, home repair, and generally everything that the great gazoo of DIY and Elko's Colin Thomas wants to talk about. That's it. This man is none other than the great gazoo of DIY. You're going to love it. It all starts right now. This is... We will fix it. The Great Kazoo. <laughs> you, you don't know who the Great Kazoo is? Not a clue. Oh, Go you, on. you're going to have to look him up then online. You're going to have to. Right, after, yeah, the Great Gazoo. That's that is a compliment of all compliments to be called the Great Gazoo. I will take that as a compliment until the necessary research has been done. Until then, thank you. <laughs> Uh, so we're on version four, aren't we, James? This is so fourth attempt. So we we tried to do this the other day, as as we do, and we we had failure on all sides. I don't know. Zoom let us down, and it happens, right? It, <laughs> well, it was it was like multiples, as we've kind of fathomed, haven't we? So yeah. first of all, I didn't have Zoom version five, so I then loaded in Zoom version five, and that kind of didn't really work did it no and then i realized i had an enormous windows update that was happening on my laptop so i don't really use it that often and then um you were just mentioning all sorts of issues that you had on your end as well well and that's it you know is it is it the router issue is it bandwidth issue in fact today i decided i would tether to my phone because i was doing the speed check because i'm up upstairs in the house and i know my wife's also doing some zooming today with her classes and I thought, you know what? I'm going to tether to the phone, use my mobile data link instead. And, you know, all sorts of little things were going, going wrong on this side as well. So it's, you know, the, the, the message is don't mess with anything. <laughs> Just- yeah. the, the problem is everybody else wants to use our conference room, which I think is a little bit unfair. It should be my dedicated <laughs> podcasting room. And um, as a result, each time I have to kind of clear away and then put it back together again. And it seems like today this camera is not in the mood to work very well. So I know you, you keep going in. You keep well. going into the. Yeah. I, I want to have some Led Zeppelin "Stairway to Heaven" playing in the background because you keep going in and it's and he's climbing the stairway to heaven. It goes out. Oddly and- enough, without the glasses, <laughs> that's pretty much the same view that I have. So you know, I try to keep these off because. One keeps thinking that I look like a granny, which I think is an absolute outrage. Um, but with me, uh, my goggles on, as it, it has helped. My eyes now can focus on me. There you go. Actually, maybe the screen needs this. Maybe that's it. Right, yeah, there we go. Oh, that's not bad at all. Hey, that's pretty good. Oh, that's not bad, is it? Yeah, no, that looks good. Uh, maybe not. <laughs> Run the heat is anyway. Oh man! Hey, did you manage to? I, I I fired over to you on WhatsApp this little thing. I was I was just scrolling through. I'm not even sure what show I what what program I was actually looking at. Maybe it was called um, Oh Cool Materials. That's it. I was on the Cool Material website, and I fired through to you the lock picking gun. Did you see that? You fired it. That was a great pun. I love that one. <laughs> I'm not sure it's fully intentional. <laughs> no, it wasn't. But boy, it just happens naturally. <laughs> I saw that, but then I thought, oh, it feels a bit gimmicky because it's a gun. Yeah, I thought the same you know? thing. I'm, I'm looking at the, it. 
the other side of that is if ever I need to pick a lock, I've got a man. Yeah. Key issues <laughs> is the best locksmith in Dubai, bar none. We've worked with him for over a decade now, mm. and we've never had anything apart from just this guy's incredible. Thank you so much, Barty Blart. So I've never really needed a lockpick gun because I've got a lockpick man. And, um, you know, if I come back after a couple of drinks, get the wrong house and uh, try <laughs> next door, when I can't get in, Hamza will get me in there. I can be sat in their front room, happily snoring by the time they get home. <laughs> So I, I need to get Hamza to come over, I think, because I've got, in the front of my place, I've got sliding doors, you know, one of those those garage doors that slides, and I've got the yeah. main entrance door on the other side. Well, I haven't used my main entrance door in maybe 10 years, because I just use the sliding door. But I, yeah. I kind of thought the other day, as I've got this tree that I've I'd planted from just a, a little seed in the back, I thought, oh, I'll put this tree here, and you know, what the heck, it'll, it'll grow nicely. Well, now it's made a beautiful canopy. This is... I don't know what kind of tree this thing is. Very popular tree here. Not the quickie trees. Those, you know, the ones that I'm talking yeah, about. This is this about. is a different version of tree. Kind of has a, a leaf like a bay leaf if you're if so you're lovely. cooking stew. So you know these trees because yeah. you see them all around and they get these big gnarly curving trunks. The point being, it's made a beautiful canopy now in 10 years. This tree is huge. I'm not quite sure. Wow. I'm not quite sure where it's getting its water supply. I mean, I do water it. But for it to have grown like this, the only thing I can think of, and because of where it's situated, is when my villa was put in, it had a septic tank. And, yes. and then we went to a sewer system. So they blocked off the septic, and now all of my refuse runs into the sewer system. Uh, all I can think of is this plant has a root system that goes down into the old, the old septic tank. Because it's giant, and it can't be giant from the amount of water that I give it. <laughs> yeah, how bizarre. But then the septic tank, if it's been blocked off, Should, the only thing that would be filling that, assuming that it had a leak at all, would be groundwater, wouldn't yeah, it? Yeah, and that's all I'm thinking is maybe there is groundwater in there or something. I don't know. It's very odd. How bizarre. Yeah. How bizarre. Indeed. I, I, um, I, all I figure is that at some point, Colin, in, in the, the whole duration of where I live, that these roots are going to get into the water supply or the sewage system or something at some point. They're going to cause, they're going to wreak havoc. When that happens, it is an absolute nightmare. Yeah. I've got to say, I've got nothing good to say here, James. Well, I know. Um, I, I've actually done that. In fact, do you remember um, I told you, I've told you many times about Nargis, the wonderful customer of ours who lives um, in Merdiff. Yes. And, he has that. It happens every couple of years. And luckily, we can get at it with plumbing rods with a corkscrew and literally just tear them out. Um, but the main issue is, because her pipes are so small, mm. the robotic equipment that you would normally use for a commercial-type job, where literally a robot goes in yeah. with a cutting head, cuts it first, and then they physically patch it inside the pipe. It's incredible to see it. Um but they're too small for the robots to get down. Oh. So your only choice is excavation. And, um, and then, you know, that, that's literally dig it up, oh. replace it, put it back, which is nasty. Oh, man. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to wait and see what happens. I think we still have some time. 
But the point of all of this was, and, and this is actually, that's kind of interesting though, talking about Nargis and the, the, the piping issue. We, yes. on, on that same note, we had, we'd sort of talked about putting in an irrigation system in our backyard a whole bunch of times and we had some irrigation guys come in and give a look and these were the yeah. most honest irrigation guys on the planet because the guy took a walk around and he said you don't want an irrigation system i said no no look i've got garden i've got grass i've got these trees and he goes that's the problem he says those trees are the problem because i'm going to put the piping in for you and those trees are going to puncture the pipes and it'll be one it'll be 18 months and i'll be coming back to replace the piping Oh no, have we lost have we lost audio again? Are we still there? It just came back again. <laughs> oh, there we go. Again. Oh. Not again. Oh. Um, yeah, see that's an interesting one. Yes, but again, there's ways around that. Um I would think about so normally you just use UPVC piping, mm -hmm. which is very, very cheap and works really well for what you need. Um, that said, if you use PPR instead, this stuff is virtually unbreakable. It just doesn't crack. That's the hard one that they use on the roofs of our villas and stuff, right? Yeah, normally green, mm -hmm. um, more difficult to install because it, it's actually it's plastic welded to join it rather than just being a standard cement. But anybody who knows what they're doing with it can work so quickly. And although it's more expensive, it's not expensive. And the thing with that is whatever, whatever goes at it, it will just bend. You know, you can bend like a, a three meter length. You can bend in half. It won't snap. Really? So there's ways around it. And it's so weatherproof. It's just an incredible material. So we often, um, you know, if we're doing uh, anything other than minor patchwork, we will just rip out what's there and then redo it in PPR. Really now, good stuff. Now, do your guys do uh, backyard irrigation systems? Is that what I'm hearing? <laughs> See, yes and no. <laughs> what we... The, the issue tends to be, if you imagine the majority of that job is just labor. Yeah. So if you're paying technician rates to do it, then yeah. it gets quite expensive. So, and as you know, we've got a big thing about being good value. Right. So on these kind of jobs, we could, um, uh, it's not necessarily um, kind of core skill. But then again, if you had a little laborer who was digging all of your channels for you, then at that stage, yeah, we come and finish, finish it off and, ah. um, and do that job properly. Well, that, maybe that's something I want to think about. I'm going to have to invest. Uh, maybe I'll have to reinvestigate this. Although after 20 years of watering this by hand, because I do my own gardening watering stuff, it's become yeah. quite the ritual with the, uh, you know, the cooler out there and, you know, cracking open a frosty and doing a, a, about 20 minutes of labor there, just putting water on the grass with a, a few tunes playing. So I don't know. <laughs> All right. Well, we've got all this, James. I have finally handed in the notice on the villa. Hey! So we are moving. Where are you moving to? To the, to the same place you were planning to go to? The, you did all the work? No. Oh. Um, interestingly enough, Natalie's asking exactly the same question. Where are we moving to? <laughs> right now, I don't have that answer. <laughs> what? You know, I know, it's utterly insane. But it's, it's not the end of the world. We've still got two months. But I, I kind of decided that we hadn't gambled in a while. So let's gamble with the entire family. And what's the worst that could happen? You know, we've got a tent. I know, no, I know. There, there's only an upside to this. I know this guy who does car repair, who's just moved into a great community. And he told me about this wonderful woman who knows everything about all the neighborhood. So you could actually probably get a great little villa with all of the intelligence on your neighbors before you move in. Hey, I think you know this woman as well. <laughs> My mother-in-law. 
it's quite something. Um, Maza, yeah, her level of knowledge, literally, I don't, I'm not sure that she isn't already employed by the FBI um, because she's so unassuming. Yeah, her level of knowledge and detail is just incredible. And, um, you know, she, it's odd because I don't think she's even got binoculars, yet she knows way beyond standard visual distances. So I, I don't know. I, I mean, you can't even call her a nosy neighbor because that would be diminishing the level of professionalism that she works with. Um, but yeah, any animal pretty much in mirror, she is fully aware of where they live, what their entire habits are for, uh, for walks, whether they are being walked enough. So if you are in mirror, you go for a walk with your dog and a lady who will never claim to be over 60 gives you a dirty look. You need to think about how often you're walking that dog and the timings as well. If you go out beyond seven o'clock in the morning or before seven o'clock at night, she will give you the filthy stare. Really? You need to be aware that this lady lurking in the neighborhood. (laughs) This is awesome. So let me back up for a second. And and for those who haven't listened to previous episodes, you need to. Colin had this spectacular villa that hadn't been lived in in nine years. He had it all sorted out. You had gone through the entire kitchen, how you were going to remodel it. We did a whole show on this because yeah, you had some seven, great tips. Seven versions of the garden, three yeah. versions of the yes. uh, design. We've done four versions of contract, yeah. and then it got pulled. It was yeah. literally 30 hours worth of work that, that we put into it. So where are you now looking, given that your place that you live in, you've given notice, which cannot be good for the landlord. He cannot be looking at that going, oh, this is great timing. Well, we've had some interesting discussions with the landlord in recent weeks. Um, and I think he's actually going to sell it, from what I understand. I was going to try. Let's put it that way. He's certainly not going to sell it for anything like what he's asking. Um, but it's where we are is kind of as follows. I will quite happily live pretty much anywhere. It right. doesn't really bother me to any degree. But Natalie, quite understandably, is looking for a next step family home. Okay. I, I do hugely respect that. Also, now that I have said we are leaving, she quite rightly is expecting something that is better than what we've just left, mm. which I totally understand. So, but she's added a few extra parameters which are proving a little bit difficult. So, important to us and actually to any young family with active kids, is we want to be able to see them playing in the garden. Um, We would really like to have a a, a pool in the next place so the kids can have a good splash around um, along with the uh, the crazy puppy. Um, And we need a kitchen that has a really good flow into a living area so that we can still see the kids Mm. because we live around the kitchen. But if you imagine that's almost the polar opposite for um, the local populace here that traditionally wouldn't cook themselves and instead would have um, support staff to to help in those areas. So what it's meant is that from a design perspective, quite often you have very small kitchens that are kept separate for uh, those support staff uh, with the living space being very much um, at the fore. So we're almost fighting against the market in terms of what we actually want and the way that we live. Mm. 
On top of that, because we have said mother-in-law, um, who uh, is very much uh, an active part of our family, God bless her, she goes utterly rock, um, it's important that we're somewhere within driving distance. And she's a little bit driving Miss Daisy with her approach, to be brutally honest. Um, so we can't go too far away from Mira as well. Mm. Now, Natalie works on Aura. So aura. she will literally go Aura, the okay. Aura of the development. The Aura of the place. So when she gets there, she can she see the Aura? She can feel it. Feel it. Okay, She's I get it. the same in shops as well. Okay. Literally, she will walk into a 15,000 square foot enormous shop and she kind of feels it and goes, oh, no, 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 they haven't got what I need. I'm like, you've oh, not man. looked at anything. <laughs> you haven't looked at anything. What are you on about, woman? But we have aura issues. So okay. basically, the aura issues have led to 12 years living in the Arabian ranches. And what is very clear is we will continue to be living in the Arabian ranches. The problem being for the, the types of properties that we therefore are looking for with a number of... Um, issues or criteria that we have the chances are slightly remote that we are able to find exactly what we need mm. so this is a very very big gamble and yeah. i'm not too sure whether or not i'm going to come out smelling of roses as daddy the hero or daddy being mr zero and there's a very good chance i think if i'm honest the chances are it's going to be daddy zero so where, where are you focusing your look then at this point, Colin? Where are you looking to relocate to? Where do you think you stand the best possibility? Hattan in the ranches is where I think we will probably end up. It comes with its own issues because it's a three-story rather than a two-story. Um, but again, we can put that guest bedroom on the top story uh, so that we're all uh, kind of together there. But again, it, it's got its own issues in, in many different respects. It, it, it's... Oh, not, not as old as your place, but it's kind of 15 years now and not necessarily um, okay. uh, perfect from that perspective. And the plot sizes are quite variable as well. So, uh, yes, we, we're off to see a couple tomorrow. I'm not holding out great hopes, to be honest, with a couple of those issues with, with those. But I think it could be there, maybe the Miradors um, as well. And maybe even the Sahil um, might, might be possible again. Um, but... You know, it's a bit of a wait and see, but it's it's a pretty barren barrel. Mm, man, yeah. Well, it, this is this will be an ongoing conversation then, the weekly follow up, and especially now that I know there's an aura issue involved, uh, I really, I really want to hear about that. I'm, you know, we are polar opposites. I'm as rational as it gets. There is no aura <laughs> that is ever going to be in my sphere of understanding. So then when you put those two together, bizarrely, it, it, we, you know, we, we get on remarkably well. However, it is absolute polar opposites from this perspective. <laughs> so I keep sending her properties that I've already sent her, and she's got this encyclopedic memory of what we've seen. And, you know, I'm five minutes ago, I've lost it. I haven't got a clue. So I keep, apparently I'm keeping sending through the same properties and she just references exactly what she told me last time. Or I've done one, I've sent one property four times now. And I still don't understand what's wrong with it, James. It's absolutely perfect for us, but apparently it's not. I'm lost. Wow. This Is this marital counseling again? Yeah, I think I. <laughs> I yeah, yeah, I, I don't know. The technical side, the technical side, which is what I'm working with, so all the rational bits, which are. 
Um, unfortunately, one of the downsides of COVID is lots of people are having to move either back to home countries or or downsizing as well. Yeah. So I don't think, from our perspective, trying to find a new place, I don't think there is a better year to try and do it. Yeah, for sure. So the theory, the theory is there. The problem is the practical side. What's going to happen first? The end of our tenancy or finding the place that we need. Yeah. Um, that is is not quite keeping me awake at night yet, but give it another couple of weeks and, and um, you will see even more gray hairs on this head, I'm sure. Funny, that is that is actually something that uh, Jenna and her husband James were talking about recently. The gray hair on their heads, one from the COVID stuff, two from their kids, and three from just managing this new normal lifestyle that we're, we're cast into. And it's, it's incredible. Every, their, their, their word was we've aged in the last three months beyond yeah. what anyone would expect in that time period. Do you know, everybody keeps talking about this new normal, aren't they? But yeah. the thing about the new normal is it's constantly changing. There is yeah, no normal. There is no normal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That is the new normal. The fact that there isn't one. <laughs> For me, that's actually fascinating. I love it. I absolutely yeah. love the, the variation because it makes you constantly reevaluate and everything that you're doing and that is for me you know from a business perspective it you know after 12 years you can get a little bit stale um but daily we are having to reevaluate absolutely everything that we do and nothing is off the table at all did you know like now we are at 98.6 percent contactless payment that's Um, amazing five months ago we were at 11 percent contactless payment I mean, it's just incredible. You know, we, 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 I, I just, weeks ago, everybody came to the office for briefing. Now, nobody comes to the office for briefing. We do it over the telephone um, with every single technician and all of their job sheets and everything are sent electronically so that we minimize that contact to try and keep people as safe as possible. And, these, these are the new normals that are happening all the time. And, you know, the team in 48 hours managed that logistical nightmare and they've done it brilliantly. And I'm just amazed that we've obviously employed all these people who've had all this latent ability that until now we haven't actually needed. Yeah. And all of a sudden, when that moment came, they just went, boom, we've got this. We'll be absolutely fine. And the way they went... But that's, for me, entirely what this whole new normal is. Yeah. It's all about people people rethinking quickly on their feet and constantly moving. And that's fascinating in itself, isn't it? I, I think, and, and in your case, because I've been to the We Will Fix It Towers, I've seen the morning scrum. And yeah. knowing now that that morning scrum, that was a big part of the business. That was a big part of the team building. And now that you've moved it online, that's really interesting. And that it, then it's still, I mean, it has a, it has a new face of things and it creates a, a whole new dynamic, but imagine the time saving. If your guys are centrally placed, they're sitting wherever they are getting their data. They don't have to come to the office and then find themselves heading to murder, find themselves heading over into the lakes. They might already be in the lakes knowing that that's where they're going to go as they get their morning briefing. It's saving 15 man hours a day. Wow. 
Yeah, wow. which is quite something. So that's great. But then you've got that 15 man hours, but then you need to make sure that the other elements, which we still, this is a, the work in progress. So how do we still make sure that A, all of the, the contact elements, so understanding what We Will Fix It stands for, um, to make sure that quality levels do not decrease mm. in any shape or form over the long term, not just right now. Yeah. How does all that work properly? How do they feel that affinity with us as a company and a brand? And that's all the stuff that we need to work on now. Yeah. And that's the, I think that's what a lot of companies are working on, not, not just you guys. And again, yeah. it's that case study that I, that I spoke about that we, we really do have to work that thing out maybe in a, another month or so when there's a little bit longer period, but because you guys document so well, and because you've got your staff there who you could almost sit down and do the interview with and say, Hey, how did this work for the folks who are in the bookings department and with you guys and with your new MD who's come in, like all of this stuff makes for a wonderful story and a wonderful piece of research to say, this is what it was. This is where it went. And to be able to get in touch with Ewan, who was there for a piece of it. And, and, yeah. and Kevin, who was there for a piece of this and transition. Yeah. I mean, that story, it, it needs to, it needs to be recorded. It needs to be put into a document that can be shared because your guys is, is success and embracing of change in a, a service sector economy. So yeah, I'm, I'm thinking, day. I'm thinking research paper here. <laughs> it's, it's interesting that you talk about this because, you know, when I was doing my, my um, business degree at a university, and these case studies were what brought that whole thing to life. Yeah. And, um, you know, I can, my, my university was adamant about that. They, they used to use the buzzword that the, the idea for us is to treat you, uh, was to teach you within business, not teach you about business. Right. And um, it, it really is, it's something that actually one day, if we can work out a way of doing it without giving away too many trade secrets. And that's the key. Yeah. And I think, you know, I think that's the key is, is like you said, there's so it's finding that fine balance because part of the reason this is work is because of the way your company is. And that's the DNA of the company. And that DNA yeah. is what you don't want to give to the other guys who are driving around in some dodgy colored van. That's trying to capitalize on, on name recognition that you guys have got. Yeah. I think I've just lost you again. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you perfectly. Are, are you able to hear me? I'll you back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll I think it's jumping in and jumping out. So, I, you know what, Colin? We, need, we want to jump right back into where we left off last time. And this was, you know, the simple question, do I need a power washer? And that was what we wanted to talk about. The uh, Well, sorry, not power washer. Do I need a compressor? Uh, we already talked yes. about power washers, but do I need a compressor? And the reason I wanted to talk about compressors is because I've started seeing more and more of them in the garages by my house. So, you know, the folks have got these things and I'm starting to think I need one of these things. And I don't know. I figured who would be better to talk about compressors, why I need one and what I need than the great gazoo. The great gazoo. <laughs> I'm still going to have to look into this. Okay? I might come round your house with a baseball bat if it doesn't read too well. Um, well, here's an interesting one because probably um, we have two different perspectives, which is we have the domestic perspective, which maybe I can give you a bit of an insight on. Then we have the commercial perspective with Glenn and the compressors that he kind of uses. But when it all boils down to it, bigger is better. 
That's kind of the standard scenario. And the only curveball that comes into that is if you need portability. Mm. If you need portability, then it comes at the, um, the, the negative of capacity. And capacity is normally measured in uh, cubic feet per meter, uh, which is basically how much air can it pump out per minute. And um, for me, I'm always about bigger is better. We'll be able to transport it somehow. So we hold an absolute monster, and um, and I absolutely love it. And it is supposedly the biggest size that you can get that comes with wheels and is technically portable. But it takes realistically like three guys to get the thing lifted. And this is at and your house. Yeah. This is at your home. No, no, this is. I keep it at work. Okay, but I bought it originally. And we must have been like a year into Jim will fix it back in the day. So probably about 2009. And I was going to a house sale, I think for a light for home. And they had this absolute monster in the garage. And then the guy said, oh, um, I, I need to get rid of it. But it's not really worth anything because it's only, it's, uh, I got it in, um, in the US. So it's 115 uh, volts and I don't have the transformer. Well, at that point, I'm like, bing, yes, this is me. I've got it. It's a problem. I'll have a problem job any day of the week. So I often virtually nothing for it. And he'd never used it, which is just ridiculous. This enormous husky. So I think it's about a three, three, three and a half horsepower, something like that. Wow. Um, and actually, we then never used it for a few years. Um, I obviously got the transformer to make sure the law worked. And then... The kind of jobs we do, we don't really need them. It's it's just not the kind mm. of quick in, quick out work that we do. It, it's only project work where you would need it. So, so what kind of project? The, what kind of projects would someone actually need a compressor for? Do you think? Okay, so let's start off at the kind of the low end um, for for what you might need at home. So let's imagine first of all tire inflation. Good so one. if you were a, um, an off-roader, for instance, then uh, tire inflation is kind of a standard thing that you would need. The one issue there is, again, we talked about portability, didn't we? Yeah. And you would want something that was able to run, ideally remotely. So if you were out and about, you'd probably use one of these cigarette lighter, big grunter. That's yeah. the one, isn't it? The big grunter, yeah. <laughs> yes. Let's not go there, James. Now... <laughs> So you'd have that for out and about, but the problem with those is because they're running off a standard 12 volt cigarette um, uh, holder or alternatively directly off your car battery, um, they may well take ages to actually inflate a tire. However, at home, what you may well want is something that literally can just set it quickly ready for the road, in which case a small compressor will be able to do that job for you. Mm. Okay. Um, and when we say small, normally that's kind of sub three, um, three cubic feet per minute is about where you're working at um, on the whole. Next, you go to kind of that mid-range. The mid-range will do things. So certain air tools take more, require a larger volume of air than, than others. And kind of the mid-range tools that you're talking about are things like a nail gun. If you're into construction, it yeah. may well be that for speed, rather than using a hammer, you would prefer to have a nail gun. And those are quite variable in terms of how much they, they require. The traditional kind of pin type uh, nail guns take, tend to take less because they use very slim uh, nails in effect. But if you want something that's able to, uh, like a, a framing uh, type, yeah. 
Um, it normally requires uh, quite a lot more. So you'd then be in the up to kind of five CFM range for that kind of thing, which is probably where my Husky sits. It would sit at that kind of level. Um, if you were starting to get to kind of the pro level, if, for instance, you wanted to do um, car spray, panel of a car, or uh, you wanted to do... Um, room spraying so maybe it would be like kitchen uh, kitchen cupboard doors that kind of thing for that you need a large volume of air that's coming through and that's when you need a a really big piece of kit mm. so normally you can put that to be like five and a half cfm or more now the problem with those obviously is portability is then an issue yeah. so having a fixed location tends to be the way that that operates uh, on the whole so depending on what your application is, depends on what compressor you therefore need and what size that needs to be. And therefore cost obviously is, is a component of that. I'm, I'm thinking one of the one of the reasons a lot of people might want one of a, a compressor, they might go for a blower, but think this is that, that big complaint that you guys constantly have when you talk about essential maintenance is someone hires someone to wash down their brickwork because of sand. A compressor, you can blow the sand away. You can make some nice dust. You blow it all off. That to me sounds like a much better use of resources. Yeah, but this is always the <laughs> argument with garden blowers, isn't it? Which is, yes, you're blowing it, but one gust of wind and it ends up back where it started. So you kind of need to remove you a vacuum rather than a blower. It's just going to come back anyway, though. I mean, it's, 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 you're just doing it for the... Yeah, we can get back to power washers here, which is with the big long lance that we've got as well. That works a lot better yeah. for facade cleaning than just air alone, I think. Yeah. So you need to be really close to make that actually work yeah. effectively. So I, I'm thinking, generally speaking, we, you know, unless it's filling up your car tires, filling up your inflatable pool, there, there's, you know, how many of us are going to use a nail gun? I, I actually think having a nail gun might be a good idea to make you do more work projects. But really, are, are there other uses for these compressors then that we might want one for? Pretty much everything that you can uh, that you can get as an electrical tool, you can get as a pneumatic tool. Ah. So again, angle grinders, all this kind of thing, um, in any professional environment, you'll see that they normally will use pneumatic rather than uh, using electric, just because they, they last for longer. And again, if you're in an environment where you've literally got that available, uh, they can be significantly quieter, which is a big, uh, a big benefit. Again, mm. depends on which compressor and where you've located it. Um, they can use less power as well. So there's lots of reasons for, mm. for using them. But again, what you can generally get pneumatic, reversely, you can get electric. Yeah. So the electric ones tend to be a little bit cheaper. They also um, tend to be easier to find on the whole as well yeah. and service if required. So we've got electric, we've got pneumatic, we've got cordless or battery-powered devices. Yeah. Man, it sounds to me like we need to do a whole comparison of why why I might want to have a pneumatic, as you said, angle grinder or a pneumatic saw or something versus having a you know electric or a battery powered device. This sounds to me like a, a whole comparison we need to do. Yeah, see, when when I was growing up, my my dad was a real a real DIYer from every perspective, and. Um, 
it, it's really odd because we were just so used to working electric. You know, he'd spray cars in our garage, his own car, with an electric sprayer. I mean, it's just unbelievable. He'd do so much flat work just to get it perfect afterwards. But he was incredible in what he would do, but it was all electric. Yeah. And then once we all left, and actually he didn't really have quite so much interest in going, or no, he didn't have the need to do quite so much uh, as he did previously. He went and bought himself a compressor. And he's got a compressor just for the fact that he wanted a compressor. It's not because he needs a compressor. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's one of those, isn't it? It's, there's so many things actually where you go, do I really need this? Do I need this specialist tool? And the answer is categorically no. But there is something, whether you are a, uh, I think, it, I'm not sure whether it's exclusively a male trait, but I would have thought it would be predominantly about owning something and something yeah. big that makes noise that I just absolutely adore, yeah. you know? I, I don't need lots of Mitsubishi Pajeros, <laughs> but I like having a lot of Mitsubishi <laughs> Oh, that's another thing you got to think about in finding your new, your new digs. Are you going to have a place to park all the cars? Total requirement. It literally <laughs> wouldn't even get given to Natalie for, for <laughs> comment if there is not space for at least a few. Oh, so um, it, it's one of those, isn't it? It's um, it's quite an interesting one. Colin, we need to move on to that that moment where you take the spotlight and you inform the world about all that is important in their life, and that is called Ten Minutes with Colin. <laughs> The floor is yours. Right. Today's an odd one because it's not technically maintenance. It's a, it's a kind of a, actually we've touched on this. And uh, especially in these times, it's actually about planning ahead as a concept. And the fact that when you apply that to maintenance, planning ahead and preventative rather than reactive maintenance will, will save you quite a lot of money. It'll also save you quite a lot of heartache. One of the jobs I've been dealing with this morning was um, a guy on my, um, my British dad's group sending me private messages because last night his AC compressor failed and he's had a sleepless night having had to yeah. move his family around and about <laughs> to accommodate everybody. So there's kind of the first question that I always ask, which was, when, when did you last get your AC serviced? And in this situation, the response is invariably... Ooh, I'm not quite too sure. <laughs> and then, so at that point, I know enough to know it wasn't recent enough to keep that unit reliable. So the thing about preventative maintenance is you have control as a homeowner. And it also means that you, if you've employed somebody who knows what they're doing, they can give you a really good insight into future problems that might occur and how to deal with them. But to do that, you have to plan ahead. If you have an AC failure in the middle of the night, in the middle of summer, you have no choice. There and then, you need somebody who's able to fix that. Now, the problem is, this time of year, and literally right now, is the absolute peak for any decent maintenance company to say, we're blitzed. We're absolutely mm. blitzed. In fact, if you make a phone call to an AC company and they say, oh, we can be with you in one hour's time, you need to ask them very, very carefully, <laughs> why is that? Yeah. Why are you able to get to me in one hour's time and what should be your absolute peak? Because in truth, if they've got space in one hour's time, they're probably not very good at what they do. Mm -hmm. So you need to research very 
carefully. Conversely, it's possible they just had a cancellation and you've been very, very lucky, but you've got to kind of wait and see on that one. So planning ahead is absolutely critical. So what would, what would I suggest? Actually, I had this one last night, James, as well, which was, um, I've got a property that I'm moving into. Uh, what do you suggest that I need to do to it now? Okay. Now, the natural answer, if you are a less scrupulous maintenance provider, is you need everything. You need to get it serviced. You need to get it duct cleaned. You need to get it coil cleaned. And that's going to cost you plenty. But that just isn't the right answer. The right answer is get the unit serviced because that is the cheapest option. Pick a quality provider who will uh, inspect your ducts and inspect your coils and provide you with pictures so that you can make that decision as to whether or not you want to go ahead with that additional work and you have control as a customer. So that planning ahead also gives you an idea of elements that may well fail in the future but aren't failing now. So you can plan ahead with your budget to work out when you actually want to get that done. Do you want to leave it until they fail in the middle of the night, in the middle of summer? Or do you want to leave it until you've got another paycheck and it's not going to be so painful to get that work done before that failure occurs? That is planning ahead with a decent provider of maintenance services, which is really, really critical in my opinion. And I call that... 10 Minutes with Colin! <laughs> I think that's the first one that I've done in under 10 minutes. I think I it think is. I'm about four and a half to five there. You caught me off guard. <laughs> I'm gone. Well, well, you could go off and have a cup of tea, couldn't you? Come back later. I'm still going on about the same, same point. And I get you. Just today, I'm feeling quite succinct for once. Yeah. How rarely does that Oh, man. I, I thought that was excellent. And and I, I, I agree with you 100%. People just don't plan things out. We know that we've got AC. We know we've got water pumps. We know we've got all of these different things around us. Plan it out plan out. Hey, I'm yeah. going to get my AC looked at those three times a year. I'm going to, there's actually an interesting one. I was talking with someone yesterday and they were having AC issues and they, they were told, uh, oh, you need new thermostats and there's not a thermostat to be found in the Emirates at the moment. And I went, really? That's interesting. And yeah. <laughs> ponder on that one who have you been dealing with i'd ask <laughs> and that's what i kind of went hmm time to deal with a different ac company because even the guys who come and do us who are one of the, the the companies that are recognized in the uae they rock up with a box of thermostats if you need them you know the honeywells yeah. and stuff i mean they seem to be readily available so who knows? It's interesting, actually. Honeywell is one of the brands that actually gets um, replicated here. So there mm. are knockoff Honeywell uh. products. Um, Honeywell is a great brand, great company, and their products are really good at a price point. They're not necessarily the smart thermostats, the Nests, no. the EcoBeats of this world. But what they do is they do exactly what you expect of them. And the, the digital ones, everybody talks about smart thermostats and the fact that you can save a whole bunch of money through smart thermostats. Actually, that's true. But you can do exactly the same for like a quarter of the price by using a non-smart digital thermostat. And Honeywell make the cheapest and most reliable ones of those. The big difference is you won't have the level of communication that you have. You won't be able to operate it off your phone. You won't be able to program it yourself quite as effectively. You'll still get programs uh, there, and you'll probably have to read the instructions. It isn't necessarily going to be the easiest <laughs> of the uh, 
user interfaces to work with. But it will provide you a very similar saving by using that budget thermostat and um, rather than the old ones from 10, 15 years ago that, that often will do like a three to four degree shift before they'll actually change anything. Yeah. So there's a lot of wasted energy that comes with these old thermostats. Interesting point with, with the, the counterfeiting of some of these products. How do you know? If I if we're getting a, a you know a, a, say a Honeywell Digital, how am I going to know that it's not a, a replica? How how do we know that it's an actual authentic product? Buy buy from a company that you're confident okay. in, um, that will offer you a warranty on the parts. Look at the packaging. That's normally where they'll try and save money. Mm. So the part itself, um, they may well have got very very close indeed. But very rarely will they spend the money on packaging as well. Mm, okay. So be, and, and I guess like, like it, if I'm buying car parts, I rely on my provider. That would be, you know, PowerWorks to check out the brake pads. If I'm buying, you know, getting my AC fixed, I'm relying on you guys to have done your homework That's to make sure the compressor is there. Exactly the same. You know, Honeywell themselves are very active in the market as well and do their best to be able to shut this down. But these, these products are still available there. If you imagine the, uh, the kind of cheapest common denominator operators that are in our market, in, in the maintenance market, they are cheap for a reason and they want to stay cheap so that you don't go to someone else. Yeah. So if they get the option of a knockoff part for a third of the price of the original, they're going to do it. There's no two ways about it. So you need to be making sure that if you're working with somebody who offers you a, a warranty, and it should be on hardware, a minimum of 12 months, which is what we offer, then um, hopefully you've got an understanding that they are more interested in the long-term reliability of what they're fitting so they don't have to come back. Hmm. On that note, Colin, this has been a lot of fun. We, we, we've knocked another you know, we will fix it podcast out of the park. This is, this is epic. Thank goodness. Because we've had, I've had my end probably about five or six times where you've got all garbled and each time it's come back. Wow. So we've kind of skirted this one at the fourth attempt. Thank goodness. Well, and uh, yeah, another one in the can. And you know it. what? The, the audio side from my side, you have been perfect, but you've just been going in and out. It's like the, the dream sequence is coming in and out. So it's, uh, it's with the lighting. So that all of a sudden my, uh, my webcam here uh. couldn't really focus on me. Uh. Or maybe, maybe I've done something different. Might be my aftershave, James. Yeah. Might the aftershave, aftershave. <laughs> the, yeah. you, you shaved, maybe that's it. It can't recognize you because you've shaved. That must be it. It's a good way of knocking 10 years off you, isn't it? It is. Absolutely. I'm, I'm, when I let it go uh, go long now, I've gone through George Clooney and I'm looking a little bit like Kenny Loggins. <laughs> and unfortunately, I think Kenny Loggins isn't, isn't with us any longer after quite quite recent demise. So that's not necessarily the look I should be going <laughs> On that note, it's time for us to hang up this podcast and we will, uh, (laughs) I've got phones ringing all over the place and (laughs) let's turn that off. (laughs) Who knows what's going on here? We do know (laughs) you're back (laughs) and we're going to say this has been a Potaholics podcast that we will fix it show with Colin Thomas from We Will Fix It and Essential Maintenance Dubai. Wow, we had a great one. If you want to find us online it's really simple potaholics with a k and of course potaholics with a k at gmail.com if you want to drop us an email i don't know how you're listening to us but i know that you are give us a rating give us a comment 
and we will talk to you again really soon. Share the link. You have been listening to Podaholics and the We Will Fix It show. <laughs>